time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome back in. The Pens somehow survived the Blue Jackets. Somehow. We'll see if they can put up more of a fight, at least at the start of things, against the Islanders on Thursday night. And then a big Metro Division weekend at home with the Flyers and the Rangers visiting back for a return visit on Fifth Avenue Faceoff. It's our friend Jesse Marshall. Hi, Jesse. I'm doing that obnoxious wave thing. Like you're on a boat about ready to go out to sea and they just smash the bottle against the side. I have a handkerchief. I'm going to wave like this in just a second. Sorry, I'm trying to encourage people to go to the YouTube feed of the show. Yeah, it's working, I think. Yeah, it's a great job so far. Okay, good. I'll keep up the visuals then while you provide the actual intelligent hockey talk. Um, (laughs) Let's start with what before we complain, and I'm going to complain. What is actually working for this team? Like, what did we see in that? that third period comeback that gives you hope. Okay. The, the seeds of good responsible playoff style hockey are in there. They just need to be given a little bit of light and a little bit of water so they can uh, germinate and start to grow. Um, I'm going to go in a different direction. So I don't know that I see a lot of the signs. Oh no, this is not starting well there. But, but I think what you did learn last night is like the top six is really good, man. Like it's really good. Mm. And I think that's what we've been saying all year, right? Is like, this is a top six that's capable of probably dragging this team uh, either into a position it shouldn't be in or further than it should go um, just based on the personality of that group. I learned that last night that my belief in that is completely solidified. I, I think that at the end of the day, Chris, like they did tighten it up, right? Like they get, right. they, they'd get down to their principles but you saw how quickly they can transition the puck. I mean, at the end of the day, there's only really a handful of teams in the league that can do it better than them when they're on. Uh, the problem is just getting them to that point consistently and getting it for a full 60-minute effort especially uh, seems to be a little bit more difficult than not in more recent days. But again, like I, I'm still – the jury's still out on this new bottom six, right? We don't – we haven't seen enough hockey from them yet to make any kind of reliable determination on what's going on. But it's encouraging to see this performance continue – uh, from the players that the Penguins need it to continue from. So that's a good point. With this top six, it feels like anything is possible, but I feel like it's a bodybuilder that skips leg day, right? Like he's got huge traps and he's his 44 inch arms and he's just massive above the waist, but then these little toothpick legs. And so what, what do the, is the depth actually any better now that we've gotten beyond the deadline Hextall brought in. I, I, I kind I like the Benino ad. I do. Um, I think he he's quality third, fourth line depth. I you know we can talk all we want about whether Granlund actually adds anything to this team or not. I think Kulikov could be a good second, third pairing left sided D, but it's tough when you're pulling POJ out of the lineup to get that when everybody's healthy. So um, let, let's start with rather than focusing on on what Hextall brought in in the last you know three days before the deadline. We can get there, but let's make the starting point of this con- this part of the conversation. Is the depth any better than it was a week and a half ago? Yeah. So, yes, I think it is. Okay. But I don't think they've changed tiers. They're in the same mm. tier they were before. They're like, there are like maybe a couple grains of rice better than they were previously. <laughs> and most of that, honestly, Chris, is just Ron Hextall undoing decisions that he just made in the not so distant past, right? Like, these are. You know, McGinn and Kapanen, we said it on the show the last time I was on here, they're providing negative value to the roster, right? right. They weren't, they're making the Penguins worse. So 
that's a that's an improvement. I think that it's going to be difficult for Benino and Granlin to be worse than them. Um, probably impossible. So I, you know, so yes, but it's not. You know, he hasn't uh, changed the Penguins' trajectory, right? Like, let's say they're going to meet Boston in round run, Chris, round one. Do you think these moves put them over top of the no. Bruins? No, they'd even make moves that were better than the ones the Bruins made. Right? <laughs> they're already a good team. So um, yeah, I mean, I think that. You know, addition by subtraction in some ways. I like the Benito ad probably the most. Uh, I don't really think a lot has changed with him over time. He's still a very good Im- defensively impactful player, Chris, without sacrificing right. a lot of what you have to sacrifice with Teddy Bluger, uh, albeit he's older. Uh, so, you know, at the end of the day, um, uh, you know, Granlin aside, who you know I thought was kind of expensive and is on a, a bit of a, uh, a too high of a salary for me. I mean, I you know, he, I, I just wasn't enough. Well, and what struck me about it was that it, you know, people were giving Ron Hextall credit for, I guess, admitting to mistakes when he wasn't really admitting them as much as he was trying to clean them up. Like my kids try to clean their room. They just grab everything and shove it under the bed and hope you don't notice it. And that's what these moves were, you know, putting Kapanen on waivers and getting lucky that the Blues pick up his contract or, uh, getting lucky that you were able to foist McGinn off on somebody, those are not actually owning the mistakes. Those are just simply, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, trying to cover your ass. Um, and so that's where I, I'm still left saying, okay, I, I, I like that I get to hear Harner Ryan sing go, Benino, 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 but I don't know if it really, it doesn't make up for the mistakes that have been made over the last two, two and a half years. No, and I think that like there's any number of names, Chris, that the Penguins were linked to during this deadline that like came up. Like Radko Gudis is one, right. right? That came out after the deadline. Well, the Penguins are really close on right. That's terrifying. It is. <laughs> I mean, it's honestly, it's terrifying. And I think some of the deals that you heard of, like potentially rumored deals, or like things that the Penguins were in on, um, were were you know kind of like what you know where are we Luke Shen you know like is another mm-hmm. one that came up a lot. So it's just. You know, I, I think it's good to see him make the moves he made to undo uh, the, the, those two roster decisions and kind of like, you know, sink the cost a little bit in some way and say like, hey, we know we need to make this move. What I'm concerned about is what happens next. You know, like have we have we learned enough from the situation that there's a whole phil- a philosophical pivot that comes from this experience? Right. Or are we kind of in line for more of the same? And then now we're looking to clean up the same mistakes at the deadline next year. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that's where I wanted to go next. July 1st, 2023. What's Ron Hextall doing? Is he sitting at home in a rocking chair? Is he in his office getting ready to <laughs> sign more? 32 year olds to $5 million a year deals. Is he trying to pry Radko Gudis out of someone's cold, dead hands? I mean, all those things, you're right. All those things that came up after the deadline make you wonder, has there been any great philosophical shift in the way he's going to try to build this roster? Or was it again, just someone with a putty knife and spackle throwing things at the wall? The fundamental problem with this team, Chris, that still exists now and it, it's going to exist in the months to come into the summer is goaltending. I mean, that has yet to be addressed. Um, the, the cast of characters we're looking at right now is the same one that we were looking at last year when we were talking about at the deadline, the need to address goaltending. So we've carried that a full calendar year with us uh, into mm-hmm. a whole new season and a whole new trade deadline. Um, you know, I, I, it's a lot for me to say I'm comfortable committing to Tristan Jari. You know, goaltending is really weird. Sometimes it's voodoo. We talk about that all the time, Chris. It's nonsensical. Who knows what's going on out there? Um, 
the, the playoff ghost hasn't been exercised. It just hasn't, right? And maybe right. maybe that happens this year. If Tristan Jari beats the Bruins in five games and shuts them out three times, nobody cares anymore, right? Like that's a, right. So there's an unwritten book aspect to this. But if let's just say things stay on the current trajectory, Chris, and they get it bounced, bounced in round one and the goaltending is not particularly great, that's perhaps the greatest indictment of Ron Hextall of all, right? Is never addressing that backup situation. Like Dustin Tokarski, God bless him, not an answer, right? Not going to do it for you. Um, you're consistently putting Casey DeSmith in a position to start when you know on record history shows he's not a starter. Uh, you know, the whole thing is just in flux right now to me. And every goal, t- and the Penguins have great goaltending in the system. It's nowhere near ready. It just isn't. Yeah. It's not. It will be a while. And uh, this, I, to answer your question, that better be it. The answer better be goaltending because that's a really good way to flush the rest of this Crosby, Malkin, Latang window down the toilet is just to give them subpar and inadequate net minding. Well, would your answer be to to give, and again, I know this is highly variable and dependent on what we see in the last five weeks of the regular season and then that first round of the playoffs, but as it stands right now, would you feel comfortable giving Tristan Jari a multi-year deal, which we know he's probably going to be looking for? No, I wouldn't. I'd, 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 I'd be at one, round, a one-year yeah. contract that's kind of fine, you know, friendly to him and the team, and it's a prove-me deal, um, you know. Give us what you got. Let's see it one more time. We need the consistency. We need you to be available. Um, and we need to avoid some of the mental errors that have plagued you at certain points well, in your career. Because he's good when he's in, Chris. You know, the regular yeah. season, he's good when he's in. And and for the most part, it's it's teetering towards the latter side this year. But he started out this year, I think, when he had his health about him um, and providing a lot of value above what a league average goaltender gives to a team. Um, you know. That's great, but I mean, at what point, you know, are you willing to commit resources on this team uh, in a multi-year fashion to a guy that is available as Tristan Jari has been uh, up to this point in his career? You got to be a little bit more, I think, discerning on how you spend your cap, uh, considering you're in a fact where you you almost couldn't dress a full roster last night right. because of your cap situation. You know, that's not going to get any better, right? You got to find a way around this. Well, and there's got to be a better contingency plan. All due respect to Casey DeSmith, but there's got to be a better contingency plan in place as well. Yep. And that doesn't even begin to address the questions uh, come this summer of how you keep Jason Zucker around if you'd like to, which I think yeah. you have to want to at this point, the way he's played. He's been like, uh, he's been like a five hour energy energy drink for this team whenever they need a shot. Um, so yeah, no, there's a million questions. And I, I don't know if, if Hextall is necessarily the guy, I mean, we'll see. They could get, they could lose in four games to Boston, and and Brian Burke decides to blow the whole thing up. Who knows? But um, there's also a chance, and I fear this. I, I saw it. we've been people have been tweeting about it here this afternoon on on Wednesday. Well, maybe they catch Carolina, and maybe they do something in seven games, and before we know it, they're in a second round, and Ron Hextall's got job security somehow, and that's. Ron Hextall overseeing this whole thing again for another season is just as scary as getting swept by Boston in four games, to be quite honest. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I jokingly go back to the anecdote, that story, the anecdote we had from when he first took over and FSG came in the building and asked him to provide that written plan. And he said he couldn't do it because it was all in his head. Well, I'd like to see that plan myself now. I think a little bit, I don't know. Uh, did it, what was the, <laughs> and I, you know, um, yeah, I, I'll tell you this, man. I'm not as confident in Carolina either. I think that that's four check is unfortunately kind of primed up to uh, put a real beating on the Penguins' bottom six. But you're right. I mean, 
um, I you kind of get that that like you're you're on a lazy river right now, right? The current's just mm-hmm. carrying us all along, uh, and we're not really sure who's steering the boat or what direction it's heading in. But I, I, more of that, um, it's just not a time, Chris, to be indecisive, right? You you made your decision when you re-signed Rust Malkin Latang. That that was that the time for indecisiveness is now over. There's right. nothing you're going to do with these picks that's going to impact this core group of players. So you either have to be okay with parting with them or, um, you know, I, I, I think it's bizarre to final note, Chris, it's bizarre to, to take an out an aggregate look at the picks that he did send out and think like, man, just to assault more. And you could have had Jacob Chickren on this team, yeah. you know, like a true bona fide number one. So I just, I'm stuck in the same boat as yours. Like, I don't know where we're headed here and like, what is the the goal and the overarching there, there seems to be a lot of lines in the sand that he's not willing to cross. And I don't know that this is a good situation for that. Yeah, uh, if we're in a lazy river, I think Mikhail Granlund is the band-aid that floats by while you're trying to relax. <laughs> little piece really... of scab on there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mikhail Granlund is, is a scab. He's way better than that. Be no, that was mean of us. Sorry, Mikhail. I'm sure you're listening. All right, Jesse, thanks so much for jumping on for a couple yeah. minutes. I'll catch up with you soon, okay? Sounds good. Thank you. All right, Jesse Marshall. <laughs> of the athletic he does a great job and uh coming up next we look at the islanders stefan rossner he's somewhere on the turnpike on his way to pittsburgh to get ready for penn's isles on thursday night from nyi hockey now he covers the islanders he joins us next on fifth avenue face off